What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us for the third season of exploring the best voices and stories the Heartland has to offer. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County, Season 3. All right. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast. Uh, doing this uh, helps helps grow our podcast, and we really appreciate the help from our listeners. So we would appreciate, once again, if you like, subscribe, and review the podcast. So today we are joined by a York County local. Uh, he is a York Public Schools graduate, but currently calls McCool Junction home. He is the current uh, operations coordinator for Perennial Power. Uh, he is also currently serves on the McCool Junction Public Schools Board and is a valued member of the community um, as he spends a you know a good good fair bit of his time volunteering and, and we very much appreciate that. So today I welcome Steve Gerken to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah. So first thing we're going to jump into is I try to I want to try to loosen people up this year with like some interesting segments. So the first thing I had here is if you were trapped on a desert island, what are going to be those first three things that you like have to bring with you? So I think I I definitely want a way to gather food or hunt, so I think I'd like to have like a bow and arrow or something. Um, I think I'd want a hatchet, be able to build some sort of shelter, and probably a way to start a fire, I suppose. Right on, yeah. Very logical like answers about that. I yeah. love that. I, I imagine some people would be like, um, you know, I want to bring a radio, or I want to bring um, something that isn't useful, like you know, a book. I think that would be nice, <laughs> but... Um, I would think I'd also want to survive there. So <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Surviving is the big point. So yeah, no, that's that's awesome. That's a unique way to yeah, kind of answer that. So we'll jump right in. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about growing up in York. So tell me a little, tell me and the listeners a little bit about you know growing up here in York. So I grew up. Uh, my parents had forty acres, kind of in between York and McCool. I actually went to McCool schools until third grade, and then they moved out to the country, and so I transferred to York school. Um, but yeah, it was a great time growing up. Make your own fun. Make my own fun. Yeah. But, you know, we always had four wheelers and three wheelers and motorcycles. That's the best type yeah. of fun to make. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, friends always wanted to come out and in my house. But yeah, it was, it was a great. So, you probably had a lot of bit of chores then growing had up. Chores, yeah. We had horses and cows and pretty much at some point every animal that you could have. So. But yeah, it was, it was a good childhood. Did you do a lot of like 4 H or anything like that growing did up? Did 4 H, yeah. Um, we did the projects and stuff, but we like showed bottle horses. cat or you did horses. We did horses mostly. I did have a couple bottle calves that we showed. Mm-hmm. Um, Kept away from the pigs and the sheep. And yeah, all that. We, we we had one pig on my parents' place, and the whole time I grew up, and my dad said never, never. again. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that's what I've kind of heard about those things. I uh, if you're not set up for them, it's it's a nightmare. You try yeah. to keep them contained, and, and yeah, so and yeah, keep it up with the feed and everything like yeah. that. Uh, I had a buddy here in town. Um, he had six that he had like picked up. Someone dropped them off, or yep. he, he had gotten them for a roundabout way. And yeah, he said those things were just a headache more than they were anything. By the yeah. time he got them all fed and then got them slaughtered and everything, he probably broke even or lost yeah. some dollars on them. Yeah, I think we ended up with this one because of 4-H. It was a petting zoo, and the the producer couldn't bring it back into their facility, and so they just gave it away. And yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a kind of a nice way to end up with like a yeah. <laughs> pig on the grounds. Did you uh, any sports then as well? Like uh, I did some sports in middle school. In high school, I I didn't do sports. I uh, 
got into figure eight racing oh yeah okay. demo derby and that was more my thing in high school so. well that's a fun activity it's fun, yeah. Yeah. yeah so when did you get like before you were 16 um, like 14 no, right when i turned 16 okay. is when yeah when i started doing that and we did a little bit of uh, circle track the cruiser car they call it like the two main cruisers yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so i remember a those. little bit of that and so that was more what i did in high school and of course i had to support. tinkering with your hands and yeah i had to support my habits i had to work to be able to pay for all that so <laughs> definitely uh so what kind of jobs did you pick up when you were younger um my first job i had was detasseling like a lot of kids yep. and i did that for one year and i wasn't real fond of it um so the next year i sent out letters to a bunch of farmers i knew and and started working for a farmer down by McCool, and I worked for him all the way through high school then, so. Just as like a hired hand yeah. doing whatever? Yeah, from know? seventh grade all the way through high school, just shredding and mowing and whatever he needed me Being to the do. gopher, you go, yep. you know, go yep. get that. Yeah, no, that's probably a lot to learn, yeah, doing that, because, I mean, you can think, you, I mean, as a young person, you think you know, like, oh, right. yeah, I know how farming works, right. and yep. then you get into it, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's all these little... Yeah, and the yeah. more, you know, the longer I was there, the more I got to do, I mean, from driving the big tractors and semis, and... Yeah, those are definitely great jobs to have, yeah, that get you, like, that work ethic, right. and showing up every day, and the things that really matter yes. when you're trying to find a job, exactly. you know, you're going to get, you're going to learn the, the know-how, the education and stuff. Yes. And most people can pick that up, right? but most people for whatever reason can't pick up the work ethic showing up on time yes. and, and those types of things. So yep. we're very lucky to, yeah, I mean, growing up in this area that you know have those beginning jobs where it's not so much like the job is intensive. It's just, you need to show up and be there every day. Right. And that's the job. Right. And right. so to have those growing up, I think it, it really benefits us it does. when we get into professionals careers. Cause we already have everything else yep. that most people are kind of looking for. Um, so talk to me a little bit more about the circle track racing. Did you do that with like a group of friends? Yeah, like how did you kind of jump into that? I mean, I had about, I think there was four myself and three others in high school that we all kind of, worked on cars out at my parents' house. And so we were always constantly running around the state, picking up cars and building them. And I mean, my parents' house, God bless them, because they, we had a mess out there most of the time and cars scattered all over and, and they, but they followed us around and watched us and supported us. And it was, it was fun. I mean, every night after work in the summer, all my friends would be out there and you know, a lot of times there'd be other kids who weren't racing, but they just wanted to come out and hang out. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of fun. It, yeah, it would be fun to, yeah, just, I mean, you get done, get off work, whatever, the guys start trickling in, yep. 5.30, yep. 6, whatever, yep. and then next thing you know, it's probably midnight. And uh, <laughs> yes, most nights it was, and we kind of took over my parents' garage, and they were, they were happy to have us. So. Those are fun times, though, yep. yeah, because I'm sure you... I they mean, knew where we were, we were at at least. So. Exactly. You weren't, yeah, you weren't off causing too much trouble. You right. were just right. in the garage right. exactly. <laughs> causing the trouble. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. Uh, you said your first job was detasseling. What was, what would have been like something else that you had as a job to kind of help pay for the So I worked the for, I worked for the farmer and then also throughout high school, you know, cause I didn't work for the farmer through school. Mm -hmm. And so I worked at uh, Grand Central and then I worked at York Printing. Um, for probably two or three years after school, we'd go down and deliver all the stuff for York Printing. Oh, cool. So that was always a good job, too. Another good, yeah. Side Cy and Katie North always treated us real well. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, great people. Were yep. you there with Tony then? A Tony bit? was not there when I was there. Okay. No. He, he came just after. Uh, right after you had yep. left. I yep. knew he had gone away and did yes. his own thing yep. for a little bit and then yeah, yep. came back. So. Yep, Cy so and Katie sense. were both running it when I was there. So. Really Two great other community yes. members to like learn a lot exactly. you know, just about how to give back to the community yes. and be 
good stewards of the community. Right. And those right. are those are two of the best that we have in our community. That's right. Um, so your first um, real after high school, what was like your first starting position after high school then? Well, I when I was. I went, I started school at UNL and um, I worked at Cross Dillon Tire mm -hmm. during school and then they offered me a full-time position there in sales and so I kind of worked into that and so that was my really, my first full-time career, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, then that's where I met my wife at and then when we moved back to York then I worked for Alan Piper for mm -hmm. a couple of years before I started at Perennial. So. Okay, definitely, yeah, so Alan, yeah, another... Yep. Also, yeah, you've been yeah you've been kind of tossed around to some yeah. like, great great <laughs> yep. people within yep. our community. Yep, definitely. So yeah, getting on to Perennial. Um, tell me and the listeners a little bit about Perennial. I mean, some of them are probably familiar with MPPD. So tell us a little bit of the differences, and then tell us you know what Perennial is kind of about. So yeah, Perennial and MPPD. I mean, essentially we do the same thing. MPPD has a retail division and a wholesale division. Perennial buys all of our power from MPPD's wholesale division, and uh, you know their retail division operates just like ours. They take care of the town of York, the town of Geneva, and then we pretty much take care of all the rural areas in York and Fillmore County, and then all the small towns in those counties besides Geneva and uh, York. So you're covering then, the Lushtons, the Hendersons, yeah, the Fairs. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple small towns, um, Fairmont, Bradshaw, they have their own uh, we don't take care of them, but yeah, most of the small towns we we take care of. So, um, but yeah, we're we're alike in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we spend our days just making sure that people have electricity and making sure the lights stay on. So, right. Um, so your first job was a lineman, right? And you yes. did that for how many years? I started as an apprentice lineman, and I mean, I was a lineman for ten years. I started as an apprentice and that was a five-year program to get through that and then I became a journeyman and I was a journeyman for probably four years or so and then I became a lead line technician which is is like our foreman. Basically. I was gonna say you're just like um, you know the chief inside of the other right like, I mean yeah, it's still yeah. the same work but you're doing you know, the same you have, yeah. you have a you're the captain crew. of the team right essentially right right yeah okay. so I did that for a couple years before I moved into the office to the operations coordinator position so so talk to a little bit about being a lineman. Do you have, I'm sure you're, that's an interesting job. I mean, you're always in the elements and something yep. like that. So talk to me a little bit about you know what it means to be a lineman, and then you know what kind of duties they kind of have and things like that. It's I've always said if if you like working outside, you know, especially in a small town Nebraska, there's no better job than than being a lineman. I mean, you get to go outside, work outside in the weather. Granted. There's only a few days of the year that is, you know, just perfect, perfect weather. <laughs> but I mean, you know, if if you have that mentality, you like working outside. I mean, it's it's just a great career. I mean, there's, you know, you can go anywhere across the United States and do this type of work. Um, good pay, good benefits. It's just a really good job to have. But yeah, you're you're out in the storms, the snowstorms, the thunderstorms. Um, you get out and about and all of it. When most people are hunkered down in their house you're usually out working so mm -hmm. but it's you know I mean you have to it takes the right type of person to do it but if, if you have that personality you like to help people I mean you know it's there's nothing more rewarding than people who have been out of power and you get their power their lights back on and I mean they're thankful they send thank you cards they you know drop off food occasionally I mean it's 
I bet it's very rewarding. It yeah, is, with yeah, those things. Yeah, when, in those moments. I mean, in those moments where it's 110 and you're on top of a pole and yeah. you're sweating, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're probably not thinking that so you much. Know, but... like usually, if you're if you have to do hot work, you're wearing rubber sleeves, rubber gloves, so it's already hot. And then you put that PPE on, and yeah, your your hands probably when you take those gloves off are just soaked sweat, with sweat. The sweat just yeah. runs down. Yeah. So like I was just saying, I was working the grill for the chamber golf thing, and uh, I had little PPE gloves for that, yeah. and I took those off, and those were just soaking. Th- just disgusting so yeah. i could only imagine yeah those big thick yep. rubber gear that you guys have to put on yeah um you mentioned the ppe so what type of what type of gear do they need to put on when they are up you know so working on the line like if, and it's a hot if they're hot doing situation. energized work we have fr clothing uh, fire retardant clothing and we have everything shirts undershirts pants coveralls anything they wear is, is fr so you have that, you have your, the bucket truck is insulated. Um, it's got insulated sections in the boom to protect you. The bucket trucks are tested twice a year. All of our um, tools, we use hot tools. They're long fiberglass sticks are tested. Mm-hmm. And then you have your rubber gloves, your rubber sleeve, your hard hat, your safety glasses. This is, there's quite a list it that is. you gotta keep keep track of yes. when you get out there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But it's, you know, it's your life, so I mean. <laughs> You don't want to mess around with it. Nope, so. you don't want to not have that, definitely, in those situations. Um, and then do you have any, like, any like interesting stories from when you were a lineman? Like maybe like like a power outage situation that you remember, whether it was like a snowstorm, like a big snowstorm that you remember, or a windstorm? Yeah, I mean, 2009 really stands out in my head. Um, it was Christmas Eve 2009, and... I remember we were down by straying and we were putting, the, the wires were galloping when they get ice on the line, they start galloping and it just rocks the arms, cross arms so much it breaks them. So we were putting up new cross arms and I just remember I, I went up, put one up and went down to the next pole and as I was working on it, I looked back and the one I just put up broke off again. <laughs> and so we ended up calling it a day. We, we just weren't making any progress. So I went home that night and uh, of course, Christmas was the next morning. We were gonna start work, I think at maybe six o'clock, five o'clock, something like that. So I got up extra early and left because I knew that I was gonna probably have to deal with some snow drifts to get back to work. And I couldn't go either direction from my house. We lived out in the country then. I couldn't go either direction. So I went across the field and I made it most of the way and I could see the McCool blacktop, but I ended up getting stuck in a snow drift and so I had one of the other guys that lives in McCool come and pick me up, and then I didn't make it back home for probably four or five days after that because the roads were drifted shut and it just, just couldn't make it anyway. Yeah. yeah. So my family was at home. They were, you know, they celebrated Christmas, and but yeah, that's that's probably the most memorable one that just sticks out in my head. It it was a it was a lot of work, and just you know, sometimes you just feel like you're not making any progress, but eventually it all comes together so. definitely yeah well yeah we all know yeah that eventually yeah things all came together but yeah that would be yeah weird to yeah go out there and yeah not be able to figure yeah, out i want to go to work i want to do right. everything i want to do right yeah. and then just be limited by that thank goodness there are some farmers in the area that came and dug my pickup out and and got it so I could at least get it because it had snow had pretty much covered over I was gonna say time. yeah by the time you got back to yeah. it it was probably <laughs> yeah. a pile it looked like yeah yeah <laughs> so you mentioned lead line tech. It, it's the same responsibility or more or less the same work. You just have a little bit more, more responsibility. Yeah, I mean, you're, you know, you're planning the jobs then. Um, you know, you'll get the paperwork and 
you have to figure out how to do it to keep everyone safe. I mean, there really is a lot of a lot of responsibility for a lead line tech, making sure that their crew members stay safe. As, mm -hmm. You know, when you're when you're out there working, you got to watch out for everyone else. But more so, the lead line tech is you know if something happens. It's so the lead line tech's probably you know is it safe to say observing a lot of the stuff that's going on and making sure that. You know, yeah. Joe is following rule number whatever. Yeah, I mean we're 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 a small company, so they still get involved in a lot of the mm -hmm. hands-on work. But you know, as far as the paperwork goes, making sure we we do these things called tailgates before every job. It's basically a job briefing where you list the hazards and what could potentially happen. And so they're going to be the ones in charge of doing that. Doing the briefings. Just making sure everyone knows what's going on. Everyone's on the same page. So. What's the size of a typical crew then? Just two or three people? Uh, four, guys four guys on a construction crew, and then we have maintenance crews that are just two guys. So. Two guys. And then sometimes our construction crews will, if it's a big job, they'll work together. So you may have eight guys or something. So. And then it's like the three and then the lead line tech? Yep. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. That's probably efficient. You probably, yeah. yeah, no, don't need any more than yeah, that. Yeah, you know, typically we send out one bucket truck and one digger truck. The digger truck sets the poles, the bucket truck goes up and does the work. And so you were a line tech, you said, for four years before you... I think a lead line tech, I was probably two or three. Two or three? Two, two years. Two years, and then probably. you became your the where you're at currently right now, which is the operations coordinator, right? Correct, yep. And explain a little bit about what the operation coordinator does as a role. So I'm still involved with the... Uh, with the line techs as far as the operation goes. Um, we have a, our, our general foreman, he does most of the scheduling, but if he's gone, then I help him do the scheduling of the, of the linemen. Um, any customer that comes in and wants to talk about new services, I talk to them about that. I do estimates for new services, and then I'm also our safety director. So again, it's a small company, so you wear a lot of hats, you know, mm -hmm. but anything to do with the operations department, I tend to get involved with some way or another so so do, how many I guess crews are underneath you that you're you know managing and things like that so there's um, we have our operations manager who's my boss and then we have the, um, me the operations coordinator and then our um, general foreman and so we kind of oversee there's 15 different linemen and then we have a um, summer help this year doing an internship from Northeast Community College. Oh, nice. And uh, so there's 16 right now, but yeah, there's there's 15 linemen. We have basically um, two full-time construction crews, two maintenance trucks, and then we got some guys that are just kind of jump around from crew to crew as needed to fill in for vacations. And we got some guys that do a little more specialty work with uh, load control switches and regulators and stuff like that, so. And then you also mentioned um is this mainly commercial or residential or is it mainly residential or is it's, it mixed or whatever? It's a mixture of both. Yeah, you know, we, we do everything from installing new house services to like the ethanol plant in Fairmont. You know, we, we built substations for that. And so, um, you know, in the small, smaller uh, rural electrics, which is what we are, you kind of get to do a wide variety. Some of these bigger places like MPPD, they may have guys who just work on transmission lines, guys that just work on distribution Much more specialized. Lines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We kind of get to put our hands in all of it and, you know, get you get pretty efficient at, at every aspect of it. So Yeah, it seems like a kind of a nice, like, uh, you know, trade-off. You know, yeah. It's a good mixture of work. Like, again, like I said, my job, you know, it's the same thing for the guys out on the line. One day you might be building a new overhead line, the next day you might be putting an underground line and you know, where... A place like LES, they have guys that only install underground. That's all. All they day, twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. So, 
it, yeah, it, it is nice to have that, you know, diversity and, you know, I'm not just coming in and digging and doing the exact right. same repetitive motions. Right. Yeah, because that could lull. Yeah, that's, Plus, I, th I think it makes you a better um, employee. I mean, you, you know, you may not be proficient at all of it, but you at least know enough about all of it that you can jump in and help. It's that jack-of-all-trades yeah. instead of being yeah. a master of one type right, thing. Right, Yeah, which, yeah, it probably, yeah, makes your company... You know, stronger being able to have people that can fill right. in and you know if someone so is happens sure. to leave or whatever we obviously have you know guys who are better at certain th aspects your, your a ones and yeah but yeah. you know everyone gets to get that opportunity and, and gets a chance to to do a, a mixture of work so it's kind of nice it's kind of nice yeah it is yeah that I didn't say that. I guess I always thought that perennial was much bigger than what it is I didn't no, we have 30, how... 31 employees total so yeah no that's great I'm uh used to shoot trap with Trevor Weir. I think oh, he yeah. was in your position yes, before. Yep. Yeah, you. Um, so, yep. yeah, I, you know, Trevor and his son, they were all great. His family, yeah, they used to shoot trap out of the Probably gun range. Tom Hansen was Yeah, Tom there. Hansen. Yeah, so, there was a whole crew of them that used to come we, out we, to the yeah, gun range. Yeah, I used range. to go out there. You were probably yep. one of them. When, yep. Yeah, the lineman. Yeah, yep. was probably out there. Yeah, yep. it was It was always fun seeing the perennial guys come out because yep. you guys were always a blast. Yeah. You, were hoot, <laughs> yeah. you were a hoot to have out there. And so, yeah, no, that's, that's great. Um, Definitely. So let's talk a little bit, pivot a little bit here and talk a little bit about you personally and talk about your family. And so you mentioned your wife you met at, in Lincoln, In Lincoln, right? yep. yep. She was working at Cross Dillon Tire. And so met her there and yeah, we have, um, she works down at McCool Schools now. So, um. Is she a teacher or what she uh, She works in the office. Offices? So, okay. yep, yep. She had, prior to that, she worked at Heartland Community Schools for about 10 years. And mm -hmm. so then. Good. Just got closer. Chance yep. to get a little closer. And yeah. Be so, around the kids. Yeah. Yep. And it's, you know, for her, it's a great job. I mean, for our family, it's a great job for her because she has the same schedule as the kids and, you know, the flexibility to be able to watch their sporting events and, and all that fun stuff. So it's it's nice. Mm -hmm. But I have uh, my oldest daughter is graduating, actually, this coming Saturday from McCool. So she's going off to Hastings College next year. Or exciting. Here shortly, actually. I was going to say, here in two months? Yeah, yeah. Not about, <laughs> about two weeks after graduation, it seems like. It's, yeah. Uh, so she'll be going to Hastings College to run track and cross country, and then she's going to study biology. So What's the plan? To, she wants to be a um, physician's assistant. Okay, so. a PA. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a lot of those needed out here in rural yeah. America. Yeah, so. and that's what she always said. She wants to come back to a Good. smaller town. Good, yeah. So, it doesn't have to be back here. I mean, right. if she finds another small town, right. whether yeah, out west or wherever. Yep, yep. So I think that'll be a good fit for her. I mean, she really likes the medical field, and, you know, she's really caring and so I, I think she'll and Hastings will be a good fit for her too that yes. she doesn't want to get into the metropolitan area right. I mean Hastings bigger than this area but it's not Lincoln yes, by any standards exactly no so. she really likes the town she's been down there several times and yeah I think it's it'll be a good a good mixture because there's things she can still do but it's not huge it's you're not gonna get lost and things like that right. yeah yeah find yeah. yourself in an awful situation it's close yeah. enough to home if she has problems that you know, oh yeah, she can drop off a load of laundry. Right, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Tell dad I need my car fixed. Or yeah, whatever, oil change. So. Yeah, yeah. And so then you got two more after Madison, right? Three more actually. Three more. Okay. Um, yeah. So Peyton is uh, she'll be a sophomore next year at McCool, and then Braxton will be a third grader, and then our youngest Dawson is uh, going to be in kindergarten. So oh, cool. we always joke we have the A team and the B team. So. <laughs> I was going to say, you, uh, you're almost close to a basketball team. Yeah, get you're... close. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, that's great. And then, so, um, 
do you have cousins or do you, I guess you, you, you mentioned your sister was still in the area. Yeah, so I have two sisters in the area. Um, one is actually a teacher at McCool. She teaches third grade. So coincidentally, my son will be in her class next year. And then uh, I have another sister who lives north of York and she works at uh, the York County Courthouse. So. And then do your parents still farm the area? Well, my dad, they... they still have their, they have 40 acres. They have some cows and or he they... farms a little bit there, but um, he works in town at uh, York Equipment. So. Okay. Okay. Yep. But yeah, so the, basically my immediate family is all still in the, in the area in the area yeah so well that's always helpful when you're raising a family to be able to yeah you know, that's kind of i mean we have always, jump in when we lived in lincoln we always knew that we didn't necessarily want to raise our kids in lincoln and you know it was nice to come back where your family's close and help with the kids and that's it's real helpful after we moved back here um my wife's mom she lived in lincoln and then she ended up moving down to mccool also so yeah that's one of the things you know you know you don't realize when you're in your like 20s or whatever, like how helpful it is to have those people around you. Because yeah, right. when you're in Lincoln and you got pay for daycare yeah. and all that, that stuff can add up quickly. Well, even just those times where you just, you know, you need Someone some from, help with something with the kids. I need or, 20 minutes for you yeah, to just come yeah. over here, please. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, it's, yeah, that's definitely something that, yeah, we don't realize, you know, the benefit, you know, even in the small community, even neighbors. Yes, A neighbor exactly. that'll come over, you yep. know, um, you're in a nice little friendly neighborhood. So I mean, yep. You could call over to anyone, and I'm sure you could drop them off or yeah, whatever. It's, it's and, great. I mean, yeah, anyone you could call, and they'd in a heartbeat help you out. So yeah, it's yeah. really nice. I really love that about our, our, our small community and, and you know living in places like this. Yeah. And then, so you're also involved in school board. How did you kind of? I think it was 2016. Was yeah, 2016 when, is when I ran for the school board and got elected. Um, I just always felt like I could. You know, I've always I always like to serve and, and, you know, help in any way I can. And I just felt like I had some things I could offer uh, being in that position. And with my kids in school, I mean, I'm obviously at the school a lot as it is. So, you mm -hmm. know, with their activities and stuff, I mean, we're always down at the school. So, but yeah, I actually got elected then and it, it I've really enjoyed being on there. There's a good, good group of people on there and, um, you know, Dr. Cogwell and, and Mr. McDonald, great to, to work with them on things and, you know, just great staff and teachers on the cool. Yeah, Dave McDonald is, yeah, phenomenal. Dr. Cogswell also, yes. uh, I mean, it's unfortunate to be losing him this year. It is, it is. It's going to be a... Yeah, You'll have an interesting a, search on your hands, I'm right. sure, if you haven't probably already started that. Right, yeah. He's... he's uh, Dr. Cogswell's done a lot for the school and the town of the cool. You know, the, yeah, York County is, yeah, very grateful to have leaders like that that you know can come back to the community and really want right. to change things right. and improve things for the better. They right. don't want to just change things to change things. Yep. They want yeah. to actually just make things better. Yeah, I think since he's been down there, you know, the, the enrollment, I mean, I don't know if it's quite doubled, but it's it's up a lot from, from when he started. And it's, I mean, it's great to see because, you know, it, as long as the school's open, the town stays vibrant, the, you know, It's a big thing. I didn't understand and, that growing up in York. You know, I always thought, I'm like, you know, cool just consolidates right. why not right. what's the problem well, a lot of people think that way you know, I mean yeah you, know, and you I, look at some of the senators from Lincoln and they think you should just have one one school per county and you know maybe maybe that would work out but it just doesn't 
these small towns, they they take a lot of ownership in yeah. their community. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's you know, yeah, obviously, yeah, I was blind to it growing up in you yeah. know in New York, and so, but you know, since taking this position and speaking with so many people, yeah, you truly do see the value that having you know also just with you know Henderson, right? You know, having right. A, a school within those within the city perimeter, yeah, it's it's a great thing to have. It, it really is. helps it the is. community. It creates that sense of community and something to be around. Right, right. Um, and so was school board your like first elected position? Like how did you like Yeah, kinda, I've, like... I've served on our church board okay. a lot. Um, we go to the Methodist Church in McCool and you know, it's again, it's a small church and they're always looking for people to help out. So I, I was on there, but yes, uh, school board then my first elected position. So Definitely. And so um, how, I guess, would you, how's your experience been over the last four years? I mean, is it, has it been what you expected? Were there like some, some stuff that maybe blindsided you, I guess? What? Well, obviously the coronavirus, you know, that's thrown a wrench in a lot of things. <laughs> and so it, it just stuff you have to work through. The good thing about that is every school was going through the same thing. So it was easy to reach out to other people. And, you know, we had a ton of Zoom meetings on different things. And, uh, but, but no, other than that, it's been pretty much what I've expected. I mean, the, you know, when you when you have a, a good staff and good leadership at the school, it makes a, the school board position, you know, pretty straightforward. Um, you know, Dr. Cogswell has a lot of experience. There's a lot of school board members um, that have a lot of years of experience, so it's easy to look up to them. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been what I expected, but nothing nothing too major besides the COVID. Um, yeah, that's probably but, been the biggest probably thing to hit. Have yeah. you guys had any, there hasn't been any talks of like, I know at one point in time, York and McCool wrestling was like a co-op. Yeah, Is that, and it, that's that's still going on. Um, you know, there's, and we've done some co-ops with Heartland too, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. some junior high football and stuff. And I think we might be doing that again this year. Just, you know, it's really cyclical in the small schools as far as your numbers. Yep. And so it's just it's it's nice to be able to co-op with them to still give those kids that opportunity that maybe they wouldn't get to have but looking at the younger ages coming up it's, we have a lot of good numbers for wrestling and and junior high football and so you know we won't have to do it forever for, but, no but, but i it mean it's nice. nice to be able to yeah. you know have that relationship it there yep. to be able to you know like you said still be able to offer those kids because right. it you know it shouldn't be the end of a kid's career because of school isn't offering it, but there's a school like two right. miles away that exactly. is. Exactly, we did so, it with uh, bowling too. Uh, yeah, in the years past, yeah, we've so. done it with bowling. Yeah, yep. I helped coach the the York bowling okay. team this past okay. year. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. You know, yeah, when I was in school, um, we had two different teams, York and McCool. Yeah, I always wish we had like there was one cool bowler that right. I really wanted to <laughs> right. bowl with. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was yeah, it was cool to see you know McCool have the success and York still have success and when we need to come together we can right yeah that's it, great. it works it works no differently and yeah and they do they they work really well together and it's it's nice to be able to do that because like i said you know it's it's nice to still offer those opportunities for the kids so definitely for sure for sure all right so we'll jump right into our rapid fire questions here to kind of round out the interview okay. um so favorite restaurant in york county well probably carrie's because i eat there a lot <laughs> just ate lunch there today but um Oh, there's several of them. Carrie's, JW's in York. I like going there. Um, we went to Perks in Henderson last Friday. 
pizza. Had some amazing crab rangoon pizza. I've heard about that, yeah. It was really good. Yeah. I, I was looking forward to that all week, so <laughs> it was really good. There we go, yeah. Um, this one's kind of an oddball question. What do you think of the Ford Bronco? Uh, I, I, I like it. I'm yeah. not a huge Ford guy, but yeah. I'm not either. I drive yeah. it. I thought I like it was better it. than the Blazer yeah, when the sure. Blazer came out. For sure, yeah. yeah, yeah so I, I drive it. Definitely. Two-door or four-door? Two-door. Two-door? Yeah, I think two-door was yeah. the only way to go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, favorite meal in York County? Uh, probably the black and blue burger down at Carey's. Down at Carey's. Yeah. That's the staple That's, of what, if you're going to order something, yep. don't even give me the menu. Don't need one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Perfect, perfect. Uh, favorite memory in York County? And I'm sure there's quite a few of them. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, most that... recently, I mean, um, our the girls' cross-country team this last year, both my girls, one was a senior, one was a freshman, down at Camp Katari for districts. Um, they won Home districts. Course. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was great. That would be a fun, neat little fun moment yeah. after everyone. Yeah, we were really hoping they get to run state track together, but that didn't pan out. Did so. not pan out, <laughs> nope, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you watch uh, Tiger King over quarantine? I did watch Tiger King. Wasn't that just yes. like the like, just oddest it, it spiral had, of It events? had my attention from the get-go, and I think I, in a matter of a couple I don't nights, think anyone I, was right along that whole no, way, no. but it was very interesting to watch. It, it, was. it was just I, a series of bad mistakes yes, right after another. Yes, yeah, I, I did watch it. I, I think my wife lost interest after about the third episode, but I continued on, so. Two, two interesting two characters. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a car crash. It yeah, just goes right. away. Right. <laughs> um, what's a favorite county or local event that you like look forward to like year in and year out, whether it's the um, county fair or whatever, uh, McCool yeah. event? Uh, you know, the, the, the county fair we, we always go to. Obviously, I loved it as a kid. My kids love it. Mustang Roundup's always a good time. Um, Evening with Stars, that's one that we always go to. This year was my first year going to that. Was it? And I had a blast. Yeah, it was, I've, it's I've Yeah, I didn't, it's, I'm, I'm jealous because I'm on our public, our, the York Public Schools Foundation, and we would love to have an event. Yeah. Like, we've been trying to come up with an event that's something like that, but yeah, I'm very envious of what you guys it, have going. You have so many great supporters and boosters it, it and things I like mean, that. You know, everyone rallies around, donates stuff, and it's... They've been putting it on for so long, and the committee now, and, and I'm on that committee too, but the people that started it, they've just been doing it for so long that it, it just comes together. Everyone knows what they need to do. It's not a ton of work for any one person because everyone helps Everybody out. knows what to do. Yep. Everybody knows their part. Yep, and it, I mean, it's a it's a great success, and it's a fun night. I think, you know, we've, Dr. Cogswell's always said, you know, I don't know how long this will go on, but... People always want to come Shoot, every year. It'll go on I mean, forever. Yeah, as yeah. long as people want to keep coming, and I think parents really look forward to it as a, a night out with friends. You know, and mm -hmm. it's it's a great time. I so. mean, yeah, something to look forward to. And yeah. it was one of the last events that we really yeah, got really to have was. this year. Yeah, it really was. Which That's is true. crazy to think about that that was February and yep. here we are, July. I know, <laughs> I know it. All right, a um, couple more things here. Um, what? So this segment here, we're gonna talk about what's currently like making us happy or something that's like exciting that's going on. Um, the one that I'm gonna talk about, I have a garage project that I'm working on in New York. Um, I'm building a new garage with like an apartment above it. Okay. And they're supposed to start framing it up this weekend. So I'm nice. very excited. It's been a long time coming. I think last summer is when we tore down the other garage. Yep. And so it'll be a, that is exciting. It'll be exciting to see that kind of frame up and and come together. So S sitting here in my garage, I can tell you, I, I really it's nice to have. Yeah. So what's something that's like making you happy right now? Um, I'm looking forward. We we didn't plan this very well, but um, 
initially we were going to take a trip to Yellowstone this year. We have an RV and we were going to take a trip to Yellowstone. Well, then COVID hit and my daughter's working at the nursing home in Geneva. And so they got told they couldn't leave the state without quarantining. And at, and where I work, we were that way for a little while. It's not anymore. But um, so, so my oldest two daughters planned a 850 mile trip around Nebraska just to see different things around Nebraska. And so we planned this and we were initially going to leave the Friday be the 23rd. And then we realized that we have graduation in there. <laughs> so now we're going to leave the day after graduation, but that's, that's something I'm looking forward to because with everything going on, it's, it's just, will be nice to get well, away a site around a Nebraska and, is going to be cool too. You know, yeah. with, with the kids, before our oldest goes off to college and your last kind of family yeah, get together. and it's exciting yeah. that they planned it it's things they want to go see so that's really yeah. cool yeah that's i mean great ownership by them and yep. everything perfect well thank you for everything um i appreciate you taking time to yeah, sit no down problem. with us no um, the last thing i have is your final thoughts so you can say whatever if there's something you want to plug or if there's an event going on or something just you got the final word have anything much i guess i just appreciate the time sitting and talk with you and it was a lot of fun so. well thank you for your time today yeah, thank you this is 17 county a new podcast brought to you by the york county development corporation in nebraska for more information about life and opportunity in the heartland visit yorkdevco.com come grow with us and if you liked this episode be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.